Nikolai Machiavelli was a political strategist in like early Florentine Italy, I believe. I, I, I'm going to mess up the geographic uh, area that it was. But anyhow, what you need to understand is that he essentially was um, a political consultant in a feudal system. He essentially was the uh, political consultant for a king who got overthrown and a new king came in, right? So Nicchio, Nicol, Machiavelli got brought back in to the new um, administration, essentially, based on this book that he wrote called The Prince, right? Now, The Prince essentially was like an, a book on political consultation. Essentially, it was a, a way to govern, right? And in the book, I'm going to paraphrase, essentially, what he alludes to is that he says, as a leader, right, it is more beneficial. Okay, so like basically he says, as a leader, you want to be loved and feared, Right. Preferably, you'd rather be loved than feared, right? But if you can have, if you have to choose between one of the two, you'd prefer being feared, right? So by that logic, um, you know, I, I think that's such a fundamental aspect of political theory that to this date, you see political consultants sort of utilizing that. And in my humble opinion, it's so perfectly seen through the Trudeau administration, right? So... Um, I think he's, I think the Trudeau administration has completely lost power right now in terms of utilizing the Emergencies Act. And I think them dropping the Emergencies Act is actually the most clear way of illustrating that they have lost power. This are emergency powers that had never been used in the history of history before. To add to that, they were previously actually, uh, the Emergencies Act was previously the War Measures Act. That was an act that was literally instituted by Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, right? So these are mechanisms that are completely atypical to the Canadian ethos of how politics works. However, they are completely descriptive to the, how the Trudeau family believes politics should operate, right? So to go back and iterate what I'm trying to say here, I believe completely that the liberal administrative government at this point now has lost control of their caucus. I believe that they've lost control of parliament. And I think now that this is why they're leveraging draconian, literal draconian policies, um, essentially. And on top of that, leveraging relationships they have in media to maintain whatever format of perception of control they can have over the public. Right. Um, because I think this is all a farce. For them, for Christian Freeland to go out and say, we're now essentially going to weaponize institutions, specifically financial institutions, against our political enemies, that is so atypical to how a democratic government, and specifically a democratic government's economy should work, that it is literally having traumatic effects on our markets, right? So we operate a certain way, right? Like the reason why we have strong, efficient, respectable markets, specifically in Canada, is because we are a rule of law country, right? We do operate on certain ways. So the, the, going back to what I, was, what, what I was trying to say in terms of, I think this being a complete farce and essentially the federal government looking to posture fear rather than anything else is because the banks came out and said they're not exactly sure what to do right now because they have not been informed as to how to persecute these people from enforcement agencies, right? Because technically, the way things work from a policy perspective is that the executive government raises a, 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 raises a bill or whoever has majority raises a bill in parliament. It's voted on in parliament. It passes there. It goes through Senate, right? And then it gets given royal assent right, by, by the governor general. 
And that's how policies are basically, uh, that's how people who are stakeholders and institutions understand that they can trust a policy to be done because, because it has gone through the checks and balances of a democracy, right? So now, because we are officially out of a democracy for the time being, and we have an executive administrator that's essentially ruling by decree, the financial institutions don't know what to do. Right. Because they have actually no impotence in the least at all to act on this. And this is why I personally think Christian Freeland's completely lying. Right. I, let, let me be let me and I'll, I'll be more descriptive in what I try to say here. I believe Christian Freeland is going out right now posturing that she's able to actually weaponize the banks against individuals because she needs to create this this air of fear. Right. And this goes back to what I was trying to say, Machiavelli. If you cannot love us. You will fear us because we need to maintain dominion over you, right? So I think that's the idea of essentially going out with this kind of messaging. The, I, I do think maybe there are some accounts that have been frozen for sure because I feel like that's something that's actually pretty like typical of like a criminal investigation for sure. But I think broadband, broadband weaponization of financial institutions is something that's not, gonna, it's not occurring because it would have such a dramatic effect on the banks who already have experienced somewhat of a bank run over the last two days when this was announced, right? So again, I just don't think that like the federal government right now has any power. They haven't been able to get the protesters out of Ottawa. They haven't been able to get the protesters out of Coots, right? The protesters, the master bridge decided to leave by themselves, right? I like we're seeing and we're seeing right now the value we're seeing right now Gandhi's hypothesis of like civil discourse being proven true as the government no as as the federal government as media agencies do whatever they can to literally um push people into fear to compel people to anger to 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 instigate like all of these terrible emotions we have amongst each other right although they keep doing these things we as Canadians are maintaining the the, the proper etiquette of Canadians, non-action. We're not being aggressive towards each other because the issue right now is not Canadian on Canadian. We have one enemy right now. His name is Justin Trudeau and his administration. And it's not just him. It's that whole party of individuals, right? And I have to get back into this again too. Right now, the only other strategic reason why the uh, liberal governments are able to do anything right now, it's not the NDP, it's Jagmeet Singh, right? Okay, so like there's things in Canadian politics. So you need to understand how parliament works, right? So parliament basically, it's all about majority rule, i.e. there's X amount of seats in parliament. It's like 300 something, 340 something, I think. Each member, and, and so the point of the election is that each each riding, right, is supposed to put a member of, is supposed to put a member of parliament for their party into one of those seats in parliament, right, right? The, people, the, the party that has the most seats obviously has the most say um, in parliament. That's why essentially like you can have like a minority government, right? Or anything to that extent. Um, so so um, basically, so, so like, so what, would, what, what should have happened at this point now due to the fact that everybody right now is really upset with Justin Trudeau is that there should have been a vote of non-confidence, i.e. the liberals go to pass a bill, whether it be a budget, whether it be anything, right? And essentially the other parties say, no, we don't support this. And that's called non-confidence. We have no confidence in the government. And then what happens is that we get thrown into a snap election, right? So this should have been happening for a long time. A lot of us have been very upset with Justin Trudeau for a long time. This should have happened during the last budget when basically we saw how ridiculous it was, right? However, we have seen Jagmeet Singh and his party whips with an NDP essentially mobilize um, them to work as a shadow coalition with the liberals. So what do I mean by that? 
So a shadow coalition basically means it's like it's like two parties working together to essentially have dominance and seats and act and like act towards act together uh, collectively for policy action, right? Now, why is it called a shadow cabinet, right? Sometimes you, you do a shadow cabinet because you don't outwardly want to be perceived as being an allyship with the leadership if they're not popular. And that's exactly what's happening now. In my opinion, Jagmeet Singh is trying to position himself as, as the next like federal leader of, 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 of Canada, right? Um, and that's why he's been given some promises. Nobody really understands what's happening in terms of the negotiation that's happened between the Liberals and NDP. But lockstep, NDP, and specifically Jagmeet Singh has been supporting every single thing this Liberal Federal Administration wants to do. So the issue here, again, I will say that it's not the NDP. The NDP historically is a People's Labour Party. I have volunteered thoroughly throughout this party, all right? They are actually an extremely blue-collar party, and I would actually call them the poor version of the Conservatives. Straight up. That's exactly what NDP is. For a long period of time, Jagmeet Singh, and I would even say till this day, has had a very hard time literally maintaining his position as leader of the NDP because nobody likes him. The only support he has, or the majority of support he has within NDP, is in a provincial level within the GTA, because that's how he essentially got to prominence in politics in the first place. So anyhow, I go back to this to iterate a couple of things. I, I believe everything that's happening right now in Canada is all fear-based. It, it's not real. The enforcement agencies across the board are not agreeing with anything that's happening right now. I'm talking about the police. I'm talking about the military. I'm talking about even in some, to some extent the RCMP. You know what I mean? I haven't even, I haven't even, heard, I haven't even heard CSIS going too hard against this. You know what I'm trying to say? So I, I, I think from an enforcement perspective, everybody's against the federal government. I think like that's why they have to now impose draconian measures where they're trying to literally weaponize your paycheck, right? Because they're like, they've done everything. They try to scare you. They've tried to scare your neighbors. They try to block you inside. They tried to like, you know, put policies to track you. None of it's worked. So now they're saying, all right, man, you're not going to listen to me. You're not getting paid. You can't get insurance. You are getting your driver's license taken away, right? In my opinion, that is a point where a government has completely lost power. And Canada is not, we are not an autocracy. I know Canadians. They are good people. They are good, hardworking individuals who will not stand for this, right? We will, this is not last for long. This will not last for long. We will pull through this, right? And we will get back to the country that we were before. We may have some issues, but we'll sit there and we will work together. We will talk through this together through love, not fear.